Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things franchising and small business in the local area. And it's a great place for entrepreneurs who are looking to learn more about the franchising industry. So the bank told you no for your loan for a new franchise business or for any new business. What's next? If you've heard no from a banker recently, this is probably going to be your favorite podcast in the history of forever because our guest today is somebody who helps with solutions after that happens. Allow me to introduce Jim Reif, Executive Director of the Nebraska Enterprise Fund. Thanks for joining us today, Jim. Hey, Blake. Thanks for having us here. Always glad to be on with you. I appreciate it. And of course, the Nebraska Enterprise Fund and organizations that do what you do go well beyond just the micro lending services that I was referring to in the introduction. And we're going to jump into a whole bunch of that today. I have a first question for you, though, as far as context. I just came back from a conference in Orlando. My question for you as, as a professional in the lending industry is, is it true that Walt Disney got told no by something like 300 bankers when he was proposing the idea for Walt Disney World? You know, Blake, I'm not real sure how many times he was told no. He was told no multiple times. And this is fairly common. You just need to keep going. There's there's always going to be somebody that will take time to listen to an idea. Sometimes it's not your first or second person you talk to. Sometimes it takes five or six. But there will be somebody that will listen and give you good positive feedback and good input. And in fact, sometimes that's you guys, right? We hope so. That's the goal. <laughs> so in other words, if, if we assume that old Walt Disney hadn't been asking for tens of millions or whatever the investment was back then, and let's say Nebraska Enterprise Fund existed and he was in this area, you might have been able to help that scrappy entrepreneur with alternative alternatives to traditional bank lending, correct? Absolutely. We would have sat down listen to his pitch if if he could demonstrate that he had possibility of of developing positive cash flow um ability to meet debt service we would have looked at underwriting it um and doing a small small business loan to him um we go from about a thousand two thousand dollars all the way up to one hundred fifty thousand dollars and oftentimes the banks start to hit at a hundred thousand and above so there is a gap that we're we're meeting there so absolutely provided um, he met underwriting criteria. Fantastic. And thanks for explaining it that way, because I guess really the key, as you said in your first comments there, is you're getting told no by a lender or a bank. Now, that's just step number one, right? It's very common, and there's other solutions out there, and you may be one of them. And speaking of you, help me understand this more clearly. So Nebraska Enterprise Fund, the organization that you lead, fits into a a category of organizations called CFDIs. Is that right? Almost. CDFIs. CDFIs. Development Finance Institutions, correct. And we're we're all regulated. Somebody typed that wrong in my notes, by the way. Okay. I I don't want to guess who that was, Blake, but um, CDFIs is a part of the U.S. Treasury Department. It's its its own um, CDFI fund. So every year they review us. We have to be making a certain percentage of our activity um, in a targeted or eligible market. 
Gotcha. So what is your mission? As a CDFI and as the Nebraska Enterprise Fund, what are your focus areas? What are you, what are you supposed to be doing with the funds, with the grants, with the monies that you're raising and bringing into the community? here we want to make sure every single business in our target market which is from nebraska all the way into southwest iowa we want to make sure every business has the opportunity to start up to um, grow and to develop that comes not just from financing it does come from capital supporting capital decks and so forth but it also comes with the technical assistance training coaching sometimes small businesses all of us have been there um who do i talk to Sometimes we can just be an ear and help you process through an issue um, where we may not even give you advice. It's just a chance for you to say, this is my business. I need somebody I can trust that I can talk to about my business where it'll stay confidential and um, give me a platform to speak to. So, yeah, so capital up to 150000 or so, um, training, all kinds of training courses, business planning, um accounting services, joint trainings with other resource providers, and then one-on-one coaching. We use a tool called Growth Wheel that Mm -hmm. really can help you dig into your business and where you think you might have strengths or weaknesses but want to know more. We can really work with that to help you do that. Fantastic. Very, quite a breadth of services. How is all this funded? How do you get your funding? We fund in all kinds of ways. I get asked this all the time too. It's a, it's a great question. We, for the loan portfolio, which we have close to $15 million of asset base now that we can be lending to folks, um, it comes from multiple different sources. Um, some of it was state funding through their Business Innovation Act and DED. They've been really generous over the last 28 years to the Nebraska Enterprise Fund. That's a DED's Department of Economic Development, right? Correct. Okay. Yep. Yep. And they've been super generous. Um, some federal money in terms of grants, like especially from the CDFI fund. We also um, borrow money from the federal government. People don't realize this, but we are an SBA micro lender, but it's a little different than when the banks work with SBA. We actually borrow the money from SBA and they expect us to repay it. So we need to make sure the business we work with, we can take more risk, we can take more chance, but we still need to be able to repay when SBA's um, money through that. Alongside, they do contract with us to give technical assistance and provide technical assistance. And then we have, um, as most of us, if you're in Omaha, you know, we have great um, philanthropy here. So we have a lot of foundations that have been super supportive. We also have um, the banking community is also a wonderful a, a partner of ours um, in this endeavor. I, you know, that's one great thing. The banks have really stepped up in all kinds of ways. So the benefit of, and the reason I bring up the wide range of sources, that also means we, we can help most businesses. I say, if you're legal, um, in most cases, we can work with you. Whereas if we only had one source of funds, we might have limitations. I have five or six sources of funds, so there's, that gives me a lot more breadth. And, and so your, your comment about, you know, the banks help out, would that be, is that a situation where the banks know, hey, you know, they're regulated, right, not only by the federal government, but by their own stakeholders, so they can't do every loan. And in some cases, I would guess that, the loans are either too small or just don't have 
all the criteria they need. Is that why they are trying to help with some of the funding of what you do? Absolutely. There's a lot of reasons we might work with the bank. Um, oftentimes they want to do training with us and provide some of their resources. And that's, oh, that okay. helps them receive their CRA service credits, but it also helps them get the community out, reinvestment know. act, right? Sorry. You know, this stuff yep. so backward and forward. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Blake. And the bigger the bank is, the more re- obligation there is to meet those, but it gives the bank the opportunity to do that, but also to reach out and, and get a foot into a new population um, because every time you do training, as you know, both of us do training all the time together, even it, somebody new comes to the room. So your network expands, you, you create another contact, another knowledge point. Um, but then it, it also is to reach their CRA obligations. But sometimes we, we also will do what's called gap financing. And that might be a case, say somebody, say they need a $250,000 loan. I'm just spitballing here, obviously. Yeah. The bank might say, you know, Jim, we're, we're comfortable going to maybe 150, but we can't do the whole 250. And the owner says, well, I've got 20,000 or 30,000, whatever that might be. But I'm, you know, pretty recent out of college or we just had a, a new member of the family or whatever reason. Um, we might come in and gap that difference. So in that case, the bank takes a first position. We take a second position behind the bank. So they stay stay clean both with their regulator and with um, their internal regulations, which we all know Mm -hmm. the banks don't want to deal with regulators saying, oh, this loan is qualified. Now all of a sudden the bank needs to put more money aside um, as a reserve. So you're, that's brilliant. So you're literally in order for that entrepreneur to get the additional, to fill that gap, to get the additional money that they need for that business endeavor, you're mitigating the risk for the bank, taking that second position, as you said, but you're mitigating the risk for the bank and making them feel more comfortable about, we can provide the lion's share of this loan. NEF comes in, tops it off, fills that gap, and everybody's happy. Exactly. And that's, that, and that's a perfect example. And we love working with the banks in that way. We like to see, you know, I've been asked, do you compete with the bank? It's like, no, I don't compete with the bank. The bank could put us out of business in about 10, um, <laughs> 10 loans, let's face it, you know. So we like to rather try to augment what the bank is doing. Um, so if the bank needs a gap position or sometimes a bank, the business is just maybe it fits a lot of the criteria, but it doesn't fit every criteria that the bank needs, then we can do a direct loan as well. Um, and it's, it does happen. We're seeing it more and more where the bank calls us up maybe three years, four years, five years later mm-hmm. and says, Hey, NEF, um, I've got this business and they say they're banking with you. Do you care if we take you out? And it, it, ironically, we say, no, that's great. You know, most of the time you're trying to keep your best customer, but in this case, because of our our goals, we're trying to get them into the banking. Yeah, you're, you're the lender that you're not publicly traded. There's not stock in your business. And so your interest is very different from most banks, right? Meaning, let's get you out of this loan as quickly as we can. Yeah, let's get you out and into a better situation. Not that we're bad. We're, we're very competitive. But the bank's got so many more products. They got so many more features. There's so many more things a bank can do for a growing business. Um, we're happy to play our role, but we realize that the bank has 
a lot of capacity to play a bigger role. Yeah. So somebody, an entrepreneur, should come to you when when they hear no from a bank. Uh, are there other times when it's the right time to come to Nebraska Enterprise Fund and have a conversation? We we like to tell anybody come as come sooner than later. So if you think something's coming up, at least make an introduction, get to know us, let us get to know you, even if you are working with some banks as well. That gives you a little bit of leverage too. You can say, well, if you're nervous about the full amount, what happens if I got somebody to gap 20% or 10% or 26% or whatever that number turns out to be? Um, Sometimes that just knowing, we've had a couple cases where, we actually approved the loan. They went to the bank and the bank actually said yes. So, you know, that that's okay too. It's, it takes a little bit of work on our part, but I, I told my staff, you know, it might not feel like it, but that's actually a win because that proves that we were working with a business that was bankable or, or going to be bankable real soon. So I say sooner. Um, sometimes we'll meet jointly with a bank or, or a bank with you so that both both players are on the same page and you don't need to bounce back and forth once you have a relationship that way you can just the banker and my staff will work together to to work on your project um yeah so i think i and then anytime for technical assistance if we can't provide it you know blake and i both work or do stuff with score we we interact regularly with nbdc um the REACH program, if it's if you're a small and emerging Omaha area business, I mean, there's so many resources that maybe we don't have the answers, but we can point you in the right place. You guys are a community connector. Yeah. We all try to be. So um, kind of going back to that theme of, um, you know, when a, when a bank says no, and there's lots of times that banks have to say no. You must have a broader range of criteria. First of all, you you can go all the way down to very small loans, right? You're willing to work with somebody on a on a what would be an incomprehensibly low small loan for a traditional bank. Is that right? Yeah, well, we've worked we're working with some at a thousand, two thousand dollars right now. Um, we've just started a new product. It's a credit building product for for entrepreneurs. This is what I need to make. A distinction is not for the whole public, um, but it's for entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that maybe have a substandard credit score. Well, there are strategy if you have cash flow and so forth. There's strategy you can put in place to to build your credit. It takes a little bit of time. It's not going to happen overnight. We actually recommend not signing on the dotted line to somebody that expects you to pay something every month or every week. We've seen that happen, and it's like we've actually seen that happen where people were paying over a hundred dollars a month. And if they would have just been paying that extra hundred dollars a month towards reducing their debt load, their, their credit would have started to rebuild, you know? Gotcha. So it's, there's strategy we can help with. We're also putting we're working with one of the banks on that product too, to, yeah. so we'll do a small, small loan and then get a secured credit card to help, folks rebuild their credit and then we provide counseling and training on the back end as well but yeah well we you know we're doing several loans at three four five thousand dollars um all the way up and and lots of times blake what we see for the banks 
the banks can't work with somebody often because of credit, um, because of collateral, yeah. or because of their their initial capacity. They may not, not have run a business ever, or they're new to the business space, and the bank is saying, we like it, but maybe you need a little more time in, in experience. Gotcha. And when you say because of credit, what you mean is you're working with people that may have credit scores 680 and below versus Correct. that tends yeah. to be one of the thresholds that most banks have to use is 680 and yeah. above. Yeah. And we may work with somebody at a 620 or 630 where the bank says, mm-hmm. come back when you have a 680 or 700. So, right. and what, what are the two ter- with, oh, Sorry, go go, no, no, you go ahead. Uh, working with us, we do report to the credit bureau. So as long as you're a positive payer, that's going to show up positively. And that too, over time, any installment loan will help your credit over time. It, it maybe not in the first two or three months, but after six or eight months, it starts to show positive histories. Gotcha. Thanks. That That's actually some great additional insight because no better way to be able to turn it around and start uh, investing more or start borrowing more capital to invest. Um, the, the comment that you made uh, on the topic of additional trainings for folks, like, could you give me an example of some of the additional training that you provide? Yeah. Um, we just finished and we're going to uh, out. This one was North Platte, but we're going to do it again. I forget the date exactly. Apologize, but we do QuickBooks training regularly. So in our fiscal years, June 30th or July 1st. So I'm all, I'm starting to think about next year. And I guess when this broadcasts, it'll be almost next year for me anyway. Um, June 30th. Next fiscal year. Okay. Yep. It's, that's, that's my New Year's Eve. You know, but we'll have a bunch of, of QuickBooks trainings, for example. It's a full day um, training and it'll focus on how do I start up and get information into QuickBooks and put get going on QuickBooks. We're going we're looking at a new format for next fiscal year, which will have some advanced um, QuickBooks topics. We do business planning training regularly. Um, we do what's called a bail. It's a um, banker, accountant, insurance, and legal advisor, and we have a panel of bail. We do. Um, Blake was at our last um, business summit. We'll do another one in September where we have about 20 different resource providers, um, all, all different types. Um, yeah. The franchise guy was there. I saw him. Score was there in BDC. Um, you know, we had two different legal advisors. We had, I believe, three banks there, Kitchen Council and No More Empty Pots. Just And that's that only names about a third of the people that were there. Um, providing advice and it was all free. So somebody could come in and you want to see a legal advisor to there's two choices. You want to see a banker. There were three choices. You want to talk to somebody else, you know, so it, we are get super excited about that. But then we do, you know, um, just, just the basics is borrowing makes sense is starting a business makes sense. I think it's, we do a lot of similar things that, that um, you do with, with FranNet and just helping educate people, you know, does a franchise make sense? Well, for us is going into business makes sense. How do I plan for going into business? Yeah. yeah. Um, what's the, what's my cash flow? How do I even understand that? So it's, it's a whole range from, you know, the real basics to pretty complex once you get into QuickBooks or, or business acumen sales acceleration or, or some of those topics. 
Thank you. Wide variety, and, and glad you're able to share that with us. By the way, one thing that I forgot to ask you in regards to the lending to the microloans that you provide, what do the terms on those look like as compared to other loans that people might get from a traditional yeah. bank? Yeah, we amortize those, Blake. Um, so they're amortized usually, I'd say, from three to five years is pretty typical. We might go a little longer depending on the source and, and use of funds and, and the needs. You know, if there's some real estate involved in terms of real estate acquisition and, and construction, we might go a little longer. And real estate, honestly, that's usually where we work with the bank really, really well because the bank can maybe do the real estate portion. We can help with the equipment working capital side. Um, in terms of we're probably a little, just slightly higher in the bank at 7 to 8%, which is a, either half to a third of what a credit card would cost. And I know there's yeah. online lending solutions that cost 24 to 36%. Um, so so the other a good thing deal. Is, <laughs> it's a good deal. Rate. It's a great deal. We're also fixed. So if you take a loan with us, we don't know. I don't know where interest rates are going to be um, six months, let alone 24 months from now. But whatever you have with us, we're, we do it fixed. So you're going to pay the same amount. So interest rates end up going back up to 10%. Um, we're not going to change them upwards. But if you have a variable rate, yeah, yeah. the bank is going to adjust it. Um, so that's just something in Blake and I were both toddlers back in the eighties. Um, sure. When int- our parents had loans that were 16 to 20%. So, you know, it, it, something we've forgotten about, but it, it does happen from time to time. Yeah. We so, are still historically low for sure. So, yeah. Well, Jim, this has been a wealth of information, but we're going to have to wrap it up. <laughs> so first and foremost, the best way for somebody to get a hold of you and learn more about Nebraska Enterprise Fund is that is that URL right over your shoulder there, correct? N-E-B-B-I-Z.org? Yep. yep. Great. Nebiz.org. Our information's there. You can always email myself or Jamil Hamilton or B.C. Clark. My email is R at nebbiz.org and bc clark is in charge of all the training hers is bcc at nebbiz.org and jamel's is jamel h at nebbiz.org it's an easy way to think of it is our first name and, and first initial of our last name got it at nebbiz.org Fantastic. And if for any reason anybody doesn't get that, just scan the QR code on your screen. I'll give you our contact info and we'll get you right in touch with them. Jim Reif with Nebraska Enterprise Fund, thank you so much for your time and sharing all the details about the Nebraska Enterprise Fund with us today. You are most welcome. And this is Blake Martin with FranNet. So (laughs) thanks again, Blake. We really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And today we are the Heartland Franchise Guys. So thanks to all of you for joining us on another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy podcast. See you here again soon. Ahura Media Production.